Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. Estamos en vivo. ¿Cómo están, sangrones? Before we get the show started, let's get some business out of the way. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And we are joined uh, by La Reina de Playa Larga. It's so good to see you again, Reina, and Babyface. Um, before we get into tonight's show and the, and the topics, I just want to remind everybody, if you're just coming across us, subscribe, Okay. Not only subscribe to the podcast, but subscribe to our YouTube channel. We had this Mariachi Joe bobblehead that we've been trying to give away for weeks now. But we're not going to do it until we hit a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel. So go tell your friends so you get a chance to win that Mariachi Joe bobblehead. Go ahead and subscribe. Let's get that business out of the way right now. Subscribe. Tell your family, your friends, your neighbors. People you hate, you know, hey, listen to this. You, you'll enjoy it. Just just get the word out. Okay, that being said, uh, bienvenidos to all of you who are on the, wow, we already, people are already on the chat. I mean, this is fantastic. There's some people that I, I don't recognize that are on, on the chat. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, wow, they're, they're already Wow, they were going at it before we went live. So that's fantastic. Okay, so um, first topic is we have a World Series matchup now. We we have it said it is the Serpientes versus the Rangers of Texas. So um, I know everybody's been asking this question, and I can't wait to hear everybody's opinion on this. But the fact that the Serpientes made it to the World Series – does that make it? Does that make you feel better about the Dodgers getting eliminated by the Serpientes? I have my takes, but let's go to the ladies' line. Reina, your thoughts? Uh, I so I've been straddling like both sides of this. I'm not happy that two wild card teams are going. That the the people who like led in the league didn't make it. But be that as it may. I'd actually rather the team that beat us went just because I don't want it to be kind of like last year where the Padres beat us and then they rolled over. At least, you know, the Diamondbacks are showing that they're going all the way for it. And, you know, if we lost to a team, we lost to a good team. 
Reina, we're going to get into the playoff format a, a little bit later. But right now, I just want to focus on the matchup between uh, the Rangers and the Serpientes. Babyface, your thoughts on this uh, World Series matchup? On the matchup, or is it... Uh... Does it make you feel better that the Dodgers lost to the Serpientes because the Serpientes made it to the World Series? Um, I mean, not really, right? I mean, I still think, you know if they're playing at their, the way they should be playing, right. Obviously they should have beat them. I think the Phillies should have beat them, but I mean, it looks like the, the, the diamondbacks have maybe, maybe they have a chip on their shoulder, right. Cause everybody counted them out said, Oh, they're going to lose to the Brewers. Oh, they're going to lose to the Dodgers. Oh, they're going to lose to the Phillies. And they're showing that. Uh, I think, um, uh, Tor Lavella has a saying, something like, uh, something like when you got a connected team or, or, or something like that, like it, yeah. they're, they're dangerous or like they're really dangerous or something. And, that's what the D-backs are right now. I think they're really connected. They're playing on all cylinders. And this is kind of what happened in the playoffs, right? Like we've said this for so long, right? Team gets hot and it could be a two, three week stretch and it takes them right into the road series. So, I mean, remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But I mean, I think the Rangers are probably the better team on paper, but we'll see. And they played small ball. Sorry. What? Oh, oh, there, there it is, there it is. Uh, the Reina coming in hot. Uh, a big welcome to Michael Carrillo. Always a, a, a regular sangron. We love having him on the on the lives. And Canelo, Canelo is joining us on the lives. Cody Snavely on on there. Uh, first of all, I, I just want to say this, guys. I hate this question. I I hate this question with a passion. Do you feel better that? That the Dodgers that they lost to the Serpientes in the same and the Serpientes made it to the World Series. No, I don't feel better. I, I don't feel bad. I, the, I mean, look. First of all, baseball season's been over for like what two weeks now. Like the minute the Dodgers get eliminated, I, I'm done. I will say this though. I am rooting for the Serpientes. I want the Serpientes to win the World Series. And not because I'm a National League guy. I'm rooting for the Serpientes because I want the, the pressure applied to the Dodgers. I want the Dodgers to look at the Serpientes and see that these guys won the World Series. Because I don't want this team to be satisfied. I don't want the Dodgers to just lay back on their laurels about winning the division and all that stuff. No. This is about winning the World Series and a team in your own division who swept you, who won a little over 80 games. They're in the World Series right now. So I'm glad that the Serpientes are in the World Series and I hope they win it because I want that constant reminder in the Dodgers face that, hey, this team is better than you. And I know people are going to argue with me and say, no, they're not, Juan. I was like, they made it to the World Series. And they swept the Dodgers. Oh, Reina coming in hot. Go oh, ahead. No. no, they are better. They they did beat us. But what do you say to like the, the every year before this when that happens, like the Braves made it, you know, they beat us. They won the World Series before that. The Nationals like it, ha all this happens every year, <laughs> every every year of the last, what, 10, 11 years, except for 2020. So when does that really kick in, though? Like, when does it kick in and, and some kind of change is made? Well, this is what I, we've talked about this on past episodes, Reina, but I want to get your opinion on this. I feel next year is going to be a little different because next year after that, Dave Roberts is a lame duck. He only has one more year on his deal. So if the Dodgers don't do anything next year, and I've argued this on past episodes, Dave Roberts and Andrew Friedman are a package deal. 
And this is why I want to hear from ownership. If the Dodgers end up doing this again next year, they lose in the, in the NLDS, they, they, they're not competitive, then I, I think it's going to get even louder. I mean, you saw how upset the fans were this time. They were upset last year. This year, I feel they're even more upset. Ownership cannot continue to ignore the fans because in the end, that's your bread and butter. All right. I know that this team will draw 4 million regardless of how bad they are, but sooner or later, the fans are going to stop showing up. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but Babyface, I wonder if you can confirm those two games at the NLDS were those sellouts because I, I, I know you were there, Reina, but. It, it, I thought it was full, but someone was arguing to me that those games did not sell out. Now, they, we have the problem here at Dodger Stadium where people go to the game and then they just hang out in the center field plaza and they don't go to their seat. So there's a lot of empty, you see a lot of empty seats at Dodger Stadium, but technically the game is sold out because that ticket was sold. So I, I, I'm curious because if they didn't sell out, both of those games in the NLDS ownership needs to start paying attention to that because that's the fans saying, Hey dude, we're sick of this. Uh, and, and that's, uh, uh, Reina, do you have an answer for me? Yeah. So I think they're still technically considered sellouts. Game two was 51,449 game three was only 48,175. I don't know what their threshold is since what's the capacity, like 55,000. I know technically when you get into like the 50s, they'll start considering it. it a I think it's 52,000 because I, and they took out seats, right, Babyface? I think technically it fell off like a little over 51,000. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I get what you're saying, Reina, and that's why I'm glad the Serpientes are in the World Series. The Dodgers cannot just can sit there and be like, hey, you know, we won the division, we made the playoffs, we're in the playoffs every year, and it's just like, okay, dude, but your your fans want more. I mean, there's this video that's going viral, and I don't know if you guys on the live have seen it, a Philadelphia a Phillies fan getting interviewed after they got eliminated in game seven. And all of these were just saying horrible things about the Phillies, right? Let me tell you, not once did I doubt that any of those people that got interviewed were real fans. For me, they were real fans because that was pain. That was pain what they were saying. When they were saying, Trey Turner, get rid of them, you know, get rid of all these guys. That to me is a fan base, and you know that's that that's one of those things. Oh, Hillary! Hillary's joining us on the live, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us, Hillary. Um, well, it is uh, Hillary makes an interesting point, sadly, because it's LA. I think a lot of people go to be seen and to get content. I know Canelo has said this many times on this show where he wished that Dodger fans were like Philly fans or some of those other places in, on the East Coast where you could feel the energy coming through the TV. I, I, I felt in this particular NLDS, the Dodgers wanted to do that, but the, the Dodger fans, excuse me, but the Dodgers didn't give them anything to cheer about. We've done it in past years. Last year, the stadium was electric until we started losing. That first game was amazing, though. The second game was kind of there. But this year, I think everybody was just struck dumb. So where our fans were kind of quiet and dumbstruck when they left, you could see the opposite in the Philly fans. They were definitely angry. You could see it in a lot of the interviews. 
You know what, Nando? You bring up an interesting point uh, in terms of the size of Dodger Stadium. And I, I, Dodger Stadium is the largest stadium. So in terms of capacity, um, it's been a while, but I feel like Yankee Stadium, who comes very close to Dodger Stadium in terms of capacity, that place can get loud too. So I, I, I don't know. It just feels a lot of times when I watch these playoff games, I feel the energy and I'm like, why? And I've been in Dodger Stadium. And the only time I felt that was when the Chris Taylor home run, the walk-off home run. I literally could not hear my daughter who was sitting right next to me. I It, 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 it was so loud. So um, I, I want to throw this out to you guys on the live. Um, and that is, uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of Corey Seager talk. Corey Seager's going back to the World Series. Corey Seager has had moments in this postseason. So I've been hearing a lot about the Dodgers made a mistake by not re-signing him. I want to hear from you guys. What do you think? Is this something that we can look back and say, you know what? Friedman dropped the ball on this one. Let's go back to the ladies line. Reina, what do you say? I, I think I, I have the same position I had before. It, it doesn't really matter. We, we don't have him. Um, we didn't keep him at that point. So, okay, we kept him. And then what? I just, I don't know. I mean, he has good numbers this year. Um, he's, he's batting 327, um, 33 home runs. It would have been good to keep him, but the last couple of years that we had him, he wasn't doing so great and he was injured the whole time. So, I mean, it's a toss up. You can only work with the information that you have. I, I love that the La Reina, for those of you guys who are fans of the movie uh, Major League, the major motion picture Major League, there's a sequence in there where the guy hits a home run and the fan is out in the back of the outfield sit there and goes, too high, too high. And then the other fan goes, who gives a shit? It's gone. I feel like the Reina just literally did. Who gives a shit about Seeger? He's not here. I just want to add this. Um, I, I'm going to let Babyface come in and then I'll, I'll add my two cents on this. Babyface. You're, it, does it pain you to see Corey Seager out there getting big hits and now he's back to the World Series again? Actually getting back to the World Series before the Dodgers got back to the World Series. I mean, not really. I mean, kind of like Amy said, I mean, he's he's not here. He's gone, right? And and from everything that was said, he didn't want to be here. So if he, if he doesn't want to be here, how are you trying to force him to be here, right? I mean, he didn't want to be here. He moved on. Great for him. He did back in the World Series. Great for him. I mean, nobody ever thought, ah, Corey Seager, that guy sucks. Let him go. Everybody knew what, who Corey Seager is, right? You know, he's a really good player. And unfortunately, like I said, he wanted to move on. He landed in Texas and, you know, needs having success. So, you know, good for him. And, and I will say this. we I mean, we have Freddie, Mookie, you got Will Smith and, and J.D. Martinez, at least at the front of the lineup. What was he going to do? Carry it on his back when when our best hitters aren't hitting? And from a defensive perspective, Rojas is great at shortstop is he Corey Seager maybe not but that's if Corey Seager's healthy so at the end of the day like we he literally would have had to carry the team on his back in the NLDS if our if our offense is on you know the bats are cold so you're you're, you're absolutely right Reina. but did you see the narrative out there oh that the Dodgers you know all oh, they should have they should have signed Seager here's what I just want to add here guys it wasn't a lack of trying they made the guy an offer the guy just went to Texas. Now, in terms of money, what was the difference between what the Dodgers were were offering and what the Rangers were offering? Offering, and at the same time, we also have to take into account that at that time the Dodgers had Trey Turner. 
So what was the the initiative? Like, how eager were they to re-sign Seager? How badly did they want him? Uh, look, hindsight is twenty twenty, of course, but it it is. I have to say, it's. I mean, do you you guys in the chat? Don't you think it sucks to see Corey Seager back in the World Series? And meanwhile, we're licking our wounds from another NLDS defeat, baby. Well, here's, well, here's the narrative. I mean, okay, you see Seager there. And then prior week earlier, you know, Trey Turner was hitting some home runs, right? And then, oh, we should have kept Trey Turner, right? And then Bryce Harper was hitting home runs. Like, oh, we should have got Bryce Harper too, right? And when we had a chance to get him, right? And then what happened in Game 7? None of those guys showed up in Game 7, right? So Not only Game 7, but Game 6 too. Exactly, yeah. I mean, Harper didn't show up. Turner didn't show up, right? So it, it happens, right? I mean, it's going to happen in baseball. But and also in, in, the, in the other series, Seager... For I think after like game one, two or two, like he wasn't there till about game seven either. So he wasn't there. So it's baseball. You're gonna have your games where they're gonna hit, and there's gonna be games where they don't hit. And you know, you, you never know. That is that to me is the issue with baseball. We get caught up in the moment, right? We get caught up in this particular moment, and it's an extremely long season. It's an extremely long. I mean, it's a series. It, it, it's not just about one moment, and you gave perfect examples there, Babyface, with Bryce Harper and Trey Turner. At the beginning of that series, I don't think anybody thought that that series was going to go seven. I think everyone thought, oh, the Phillies are going to sweep them. You know, the, the Phillies are going to murder them. And then all of a sudden, the adjustments that the Serpientes made from game three on, they should be applauded for that, you know, because they took a lineup a, a very impressive lineup, and they and they just shut them down. They were they were not the same after game two. Reina, you're looking at me funny. What am I saying? Small ball. I mean, oh, <laughs> they they got people on base and they moved them over. They were stealing bases where they didn't capitalize on opportunities. They made up for it. Like I just, they played baseball. <laughs> that is true. It is very uh, to me. I, I enjoy watching it. There's, you know, they are manufacturing runs and it is something, uh, but I'm rooting for the Serpientes. I, I want, you know, I, I want it to, I want it shoved in the Dodgers face. I want the Dodgers to get angry. I want the Dodgers to, to come out there and just be like, we got to do something, man. We, we have to, we got to win. Everybody else is winning around us. Let, let, let's, let's shake it up a bit. I, I know we shake, we shook it up last year and, one of the reasons we shook it up was we brought in some new players. So there was some news that recently came out. David Peralta had surgery. Uh, Babyface, what was the actual uh, uh, surgery for? I think it was something like a flexor strain or something like that, right? Um, so he's been dealing with that since the all-star break. Now we've brought it up on this show before and that Peralta was not the same in the second half as he was in the first half. And this is once again, one of the reasons why we always get, we, we get caught up in, in the moment. Right. And we sit there and go, Oh, Peralta sucks, but we really don't know all the information because also this Dodgers front office, they're not very forthcoming with this information. Reina, you cover the team. You're there. Do you remember the last time that, or do you remember them saying that Peralta was ever dealing with this? It was a flexor tendon surgery. Okay. 
No, but I mean, it's the, it's the same thing as what we, we heard about Tony Gonsolin after the fact, right? We didn't right. find out he'd been playing hurt or injured or whatever you want to call it until he's about ready to go into surgery. They played this season, I think, closer to the vest than they usually do. I think there were a couple of times where they let it slip. Like Doc said that, you know, Kirsch was dealing with some shoulder stuff and Kirsch is like, no, I'm fine. But Peralta, I don't remember hearing anything about him being in pain other than, you know, if he had like a mini stint on the aisle, I'd have to go back and look. But for the most part, he would just, you know, he played as well as he could. So let me ask you this, Reina. Is it one of those things where they went to Peralta and they said, can you play? Can you do this? Or should they have known better? And you had Chris Taylor. You had Kike. You had other options. Like, is that one of those things? And, and that's one of the things that drives me crazy, right? Is they're so numbers-driven. They look at the numbers. Clearly, the numbers are telling you something about Peralta. And you trade it for Kike. You have Chris Taylor. Like, what what happened there? These are those conversations we're never going to know. Like, how forthcoming are the players? They're trying to hit bonuses. They're trying to help the team to whatever capacity. Did they let the training staff know? Did, you know, are they looking at the numbers and they're like, something's not right, but they're still pushing through? Is it like the situation with Kershaw where it's like, well, he's hurt, but he's probably going to push back. So we've got to kind of assuage him a little bit. We, unless we're part of those conversations, we can we can make all the assumptions we want, but we're never going to know. Did they agree to a compromise? We'll all play up to this point. We're never going to know, especially with how close to the vest they've been playing all this information. I, Michael Carrillo, you a hundred. You bring up an excellent point. Uh, you know, Tony Gonsolin. Say what you will about the guy. The guy pitched hurt for a lot, a, a huge part of the series, right? And for me, I remember Dave uh, Dave Roberts being critical of Tony Gonsolin's performance. I, I was there, you know, and saying that Tony's got to pitch better. And now I just got to sit there and wonder, really? Um, like, how much did they know about Tony Gonsolin's injury, and yet you're still going to call him out when there are other players on this team that you don't say anything uh, about? And I get it. There's the... There's the the star treatment there, but I mean, babyface. Do you ever? I mean, the fact that these guys were playing hurt don't doesn't management have to protect them against themselves? Yeah, man, I think it just gets back to like, did he did he tell anybody? Did 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 he tell them that he was playing hurt? And then did they just you know when he's when his numbers went down did they just chalk that up to like you know you know he, he's in a bad streak right now or something you know going with that because i go back to the friedman press conference when he's when they asked him any surgeries coming up and they looked at each other they looked at you know he looked at gomes and like nope nothing coming up so like i mean did the, david Peralta even tell them he was hurting he was even having surgery i mean or is it just something they just are, are overlooking and like just like whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's really hard because, like you said, this this front office and you know they don't they don't like to give a lot of information, right? Gonsolin, Kershaw, right? And now Peralta, like we have no idea what's going on as far as health wise with these players. So, I mean, is that a possibility for you guys on the live? Do you think maybe these players just weren't being forthcoming? They weren't being honest with the front office. Are we being too hard on Friedman and them and saying, hey, you know, these guys should be protecting? Well, if they don't know, but 
I, I go back again. Isn't that their job? Isn't there their job to know? They're really quick to run out on the field when an injury happens and have the training staff look it over. So it's hard to to argue like, well, no, they I mean, maybe they didn't know. Maybe the player didn't tell them. But you bring up a really good point about the numbers. Like if the numbers are starting to sag and you have like, do you not bring in the training staff to look them over or are they just deferring like, no, no, I'm fine. And and everybody just kind of ignores the elephant in the room. Is that is it more of everybody just kind of looking the other way for for their own reasons? Or like Dave Luna said, maybe he hurt his choo-choo arm. I mean, <laughs> it's possible. Well, I mean, he, he did hurt his choo-choo arm. But I mean, <laughs> but it's since the All-Star game and it's it's no coincidence. So that's when his numbers started going down. And so to have them in the in the playoffs, um I I, I don't know, man. It's it's just one of those things where you want transparency, and this is the this is the reason why you want people in that clubhouse that will ask those questions. And when you have team controlled media, I, I, I know there's maybe some UC USC honks on here, but when you have shit like that, what Lincoln Riley pulls, where he he doesn't make players available after losses, or he kicks reporters out, that's the kind of stuff that it, it it's like look. I feel like as a major league baseball team, you guys have a chance to control the narrative in the PR, right? Part You have a relationship with the fans, whether you like it or not, the fans are coming and spending a lot of money. They come to your games. They spend a lot of money. The fact that maybe you could give them some information and appease the fans. So they're not so angry. So maybe they don't sit there and think, well, these guys don't care. Because I do feel like the, uh, not the majority, but I will say that the casual fan, I think does say the Dodgers are complacent. They're okay with just winning the division because they are drawing 4 million fans, right? There's the more level head. Go ahead, Reina. Oh, I was just going to say that's actually, I'm I'm in the middle of a of reading Joe Kelly's book, and that's something that he's arguing for, more transparency to the fans, because you don't have everybody that's a diehard digs into the stats, knows all the strategy of the game. And if we're trying to grow the game, how do you get the casual fan involved if there is a lot of secrecy? I think um, a couple people, Hillary, a couple other people have, have mentioned, you know, are they playing for for the number on the back and because of the, the bonuses or whatever their salary is driven by those metrics, are they maybe not reporting stuff because of that? But if we're not being transparent to the fans, how do you get more people into the game? Yeah, uh, look, um, we're, we're going to get to this later on in the show, uh, but I want to get one more Dodger point in before we segue to these other topics, and that is Mookie Betts finally made a post on social media since the Dodgers got eliminated, and it was him bowling, and of course, the internet lost its mind, right? Because Mookie Betts cannot do anything if he, you know, and I get it. Mookie did not get a hit in the whole postseason, right? The Dodgers lost. So because of that, that translates to Mookie cannot enjoy his life, okay? Mookie cannot do anything. This is all just about the hatred, the comments that were made on that post. Babyface, you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw the post. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of, too. It's like, okay. I mean, I, I looked at his comments to see if he, he had turned them off or anything because you know that people were going to be like, first thing you see, get in the cage or like, 
you, sh- you can't be bowling. You should be in, the, in, you know, get in the cage. You didn't have any hits. And, and just, I mean, it just goes on and on. I'm like, I mean, I get it. I get people are angry and frustrated, but like, what's the guy supposed to do? Just like go away and wait till baseball season and never come out again. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. Reina. Who cares? He's human. He gets to live his life. Who gives a shit? I mean, he's okay. He's playing a game. I'm sure he's taking precautions. He doesn't want to hurt himself. It's not like he's riding a dirt bike out somewhere and, you know, whatever. He, the guy gets to live. And if he puts, if he jeopardizes her, his career, then there's going to be repercussions for that. But like, are, is this really all we have to talk about? <laughs> let, the, let the man bowl. <laughs> <laughs> look, Dodger fans, look, they're angry. I, I get it. I mean, it doesn't help that you're seeing the Serpientes in the World Series. It doesn't help that you see uh, not only Corey Seager is in the World Series, but do you guys remember? I, I don't. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this a reliever by the name of Spores. You guys remember that Dodger fans? Josh, Josh Spores, yeah. Josh Spores, a former Dodger who was inconsistent. I would say probably at best you could say right, Babyface, his time with the Dodgers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he was just a rookie too when he was when he was a team, and then they they let him go. And of course, he's pitching out of his mind for the Rangers, and that's it's that's the unexplainable, right? Why, why these guys? But maybe does it make you guys feel better to see how much Trey Turner? I know in the chat you guys have been mentioning Craig Kimbrell's name. I I haven't brought him up because I just feel bad for the guy. I I, I mean, I, I I really do like part of me feels like that that was just abuse with the what the Phillies did to him especially I feel like the Phillies had some really good relievers why they would turn to but Kimbrel was an all-star this year right babyface that was cringy too <laughs> he, he was an all-star didn't he closed out the all-star game too he right closed he out got, the all-star he got the yeah. And we all held our breaths as we won for the first time in the NL in X amount of years, 10 years, whatever, how many years it was. But, like, that inning took a turn. Like, it was close. I mean, when you when you think about it, though, I mean, I didn't understand why he was out there. He blew one game. Then they run him out there the next game, and he blows that game as well. So it's like – but the, That's but baseball. The, our yeah, team does that exactly. sometimes. That's, that's, that's why, like, that's why I go back to, like, do Dodger fans watch other games? Are they watching this? Because this is the exact same thing that has happened to Dodgers, right? And, and like, why are you pitching this guy? Why are you pitching, why are you pitching him again? It happens around the league, so it isn't just the Dodgers. I mean, you, you saw it with the Phillies, and it cost them two games and probably cost them that series, right? Right. Now, I do watch, and I that's an excellent point that you brought up, Babyface. But you know what I also watch and I notice? I saw a Serpientes team get off the mat. I saw a Serpientes team get knocked out, down 0-2 to the Phillies. They got motorboated, all right? 10 nothing, And they got up, and they won that series. I didn't see that from the Dodgers. I mean, Bryce Harper said this. Bryce Harper said that when he looked at the Serpientes, he saw a team that wasn't afraid. And this was a team that was down 0-2. And you had mentioned the Tory Lavello comment, right? That a team connected is a dangerous team. What did we hear all year long about the Dodgers? The Dodgers were connected. This is, they all love each other. They're all great. That's something that I did not see was that fight. 
and you bring up the national perspective. I talk to people who aren't Dodger fans, who see the Dodgers only in the postseason. And for me, they all say the same thing. There's no fight in that team. They don't see fight in that team. Now, I don't know if it's something that needs to be like demonstrative, that they need to physically see people getting pissed or something like that. But it's hard for me to argue with that when I sit there and I'm like, you know, you're right. The Serpientes took it on the chin and they pulled a Rocky. You know, there's a hey, one more round. But right, keep, in, keep in mind, too, like, you'll hear it, it. I don't think it gives them enough credit, but it is true on some level. They had nothing to lose. They were, you know, they they flopped back and forth in the standings for most of the season. They started strong. They were great yeah. out the gate. And then they struggled a little bit. It was in question whether they were going to make it in. But by the time you, you know, you you sweep the wild card, you sweep the Dodgers. At that point, you have nothing left to lose. You're just, you're going for it. And the, as far as you make it, that's great. And look at it, took them to the World Series. So, but, but any of but those what players. What did they do, Reina? What did they do? How did they win? How did they win? Um, something four, like They played four. ball, small, small ball? How did they win four out of five against a good Phillies team? I, they played small ball. They put they put people on base. They moved them over. They brought them in. Like even that that last game, like the last couple get even with the Rangers, like that's what they were doing in on both sides. It, I just even for the teams that did not perform like we thought that they would, especially with how the kind of the seeds lined up, people got eliminated. I would just remind everybody, and you don't have to listen to me, but remember the humanity of the game. None of these players sat on that bench and tried to purposely like, oh, I'm not going to hit, you know, I'm not going to go out there. Like it's got to be hard to be on that stage in the postseason. So, and then to fail in front of everybody that sucks. Like Kimbrel, our guys, like anybody, it can't feel good. All One, I'm saying is the diamondbacks were, I didn't hear no bell. Let's go. One more round. Getting back to like the fight, like you're saying, like, I mean, a team doesn't have to be like, they don't have to be out there and go be pissed, whatever. They just have to come back and, and play the game like they did. Like they were down 0-2, like, okay, cool. We're going back home and we're going to play We're gonna play their style. And that's the thing we've been saying about. They have a, a different style. Like I said, it's more old school. That we're, And I don't think teams can really adjust to that on the fly. I don't know why. Like the Dodgers had problems with it. And then it wasn't until they went, I think, until they went back to Philadelphia, right? Because they weren't stealing bases. And all of a sudden, game six and seven, they were off to the races, and they just started stealing like crazy. And it, like, I think it, it threw the Phillies off. They didn't know, they don't really know how to handle that. Like, their relievers, I mean, I, I know Kimbrough can't hold anybody on. So, like, there's, there's those guys. It just, it just throws them off, and I think it puts them at a different level. And that's why they're kind of just going through it, because I, I don't think teams know how to deal with that. And I mean, going back, I mean, it's crazy. The D-backs got swept in the final weekend, right? They they were so close to not even making the playoffs. If the Cubs and the Marlins win a couple games that that final weekend, I don't think the the D-backs even get in. And look look where they're at now. So Michael Carrillo just said Dodgers need a culture change. We keep bringing up like the the emotions in the postseason and the dugout. I feel like in in previous years, maybe not the last two to three. In previous years, we had fun in there. We had emotions. Like, I don't... Oh, go ahead, say it. Say it. I know I'm, who you wanted to bring up. Who do you want I'm, to bring up? I'm not I'm not bringing up anyone in particular, but I just feel like in recent years, it has been flat in there. It was definitely flat during that Padres NLDS last year, and it was this year, too. It's quiet in there. 
I, I was thinking of, of quite a few, actually. Jock, JT, Kike. There it um, is. Ah, of course. Secret, secret word. Okay, okay Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee's Playhouse, everybody. <laughs> ah, that's the word I was looking for. But it was like the cohesion of that group all kind of coming together. And it felt like Peralta and Rojas and, and Kike and all of them kind of started to bring it. But it didn't feel like everybody bought in all the way. And it just, it felt like we did have more fun in previous years. You could see the emotion in the dugout. And I don't know where that went. You know, uh, when we had Jerry Harrison on the show, Jerry said something that I thought was very interesting. And he attributed to the uh, Texas Rangers hitting instructor when he said, the regular season's when you get your numbers. In the postseason, it's about the team. And Babyface, you just brought something up when you, you were talking about the Serpientes and their style. What is the Dodgers style? Like, I know in the 60s, back in the heyday, in the in like you knew what Dodgers baseball was, which is really good pitching. And then Maury Wills would steal a base and maybe get you one run or two. And that's all Koufax and Drysdale needed. Looking at this iteration uh, since Friedman coming over, what would you describe as dodger style baseball and this goes on to you guys on the live like michael carrillo i know you're not talking about cigars when you say the dodgers need cubans but you know you you had brought up the culture change like can you guys define what is the style because we look at the phillies and we think of them as a tough you know team the the serpientes are scrappy like what babyface what is the dodger style I mean, I think I think it's still they still rely heavily on pitching, right? I think pitching is always going to be their 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 number one goal, right? But it it is very analytical, right? It's kind of it's you play the game, this is how we play it by the book. This is and and even their players are like they're by the book. They're 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 like they're good guys, right? That they, they have a certain a certain thing about them. This is a, a type of player that would fit good in this clubhouse, and that's how it is. Like they don't have those guys that are like really, really flashy, right? Like a Bryce Harper. And he's not even that flashy, but he's he's pretty flashy, right? They don't have a, a, a Garcia from the Rangers, right? That guy's really flashy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, last thing they had probably like Puig, right? I mean, they don't, those guys kind of stand out when they're on a Dodger team, but maybe they need some of those guys, right? Maybe they need some of those guys to like, I don't know, get under the other team's skin, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've had Max Muncy and Bumgarner, but I mean, that's about it. You know, it's interesting that you, you, you and, and I know someone in the in the chat brought up Puig too. I think it was Michael Carrillo. But when we go back and what happened in this ALCS, when the benches cleared with the Garcia thing, it's seen a lot of people attributed that that lit a, like a fire under the Rangers, you know, and to come back and and win that game. I can't remember when was the last time anything like that happened with the Dodgers. Reina, are the Dodgers one-dimensional to you? They're very wholesome. Unless you get Joe Kelly on the mound starting something, like everybody rallied behind him, but he's really the only like fire starter, if you think about it, that that we have. And he comes in as a reliever for you know an inning here or there. Like we need we need more of that scrappiness in there too. You can have the wholesome side. You can have the integrity in the clubhouse. But but we need a little bit more. I think somebody said it with Puig. Like, we need a little more juice in the clubhouse. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, of course, we all just sit there and go, oh, if they were like all like that. Well, we just described the Phillies and the Phillies lost to the Serpientes. So 
there is a lot to you can sit there and say sometimes it's just not your year and other times it look everything you do nothing can go wrong for you um it, it's just for us i think the frustration lies this is not just about this season this is about the accumulation as la reina says we see this all the time. Like on other episodes, I've had listeners, viewers say, hey, Juan, I was just like you. I feel numb. I just don't feel anything anymore. Like, what do I do? I go around telling people you can't hurt me because I'm a Dodger fan. You know, they've already, even Hillary said, nobody, you know, breaks it down. There's that great joke that goes around where I just want the Dodgers to lower me down in my casket so they can lay me, uh, let me down just one more time. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? It, it's baseball is just it, it it is something that you can't describe. But the problem is, is it happens to us every year, and I think that's what Dodger fans are. That's what they're responding to. They're trying to find solutions to this, but it seems like it just happens to us every year. Kind of, kind of off topic, but kind of same same topic, right? We as Dodger fans feel it happens to us every year. On the other side now, look at like the Astros, right? Since 2017, I mean, they've only won, we're going to say, one legitimate title, right? Yeah. I mean, are Astro fans kind of feeling that same thing now? They, they've gotten there, but they're not winning it, right? Yeah. Are they kind of, is it the same feeling now for them? I, I I think that's a very good question. I would love if you guys know an Astros fan. Let, let's get them on. You know what? Maybe we should get the guys from Believe on Astros to come back on the show. We should get one of the Jeffs uh, to come on the show, and we can ask him that question because you're right. You know, uh, we can I mean, ask somebody this, snacks too. He can <laughs> he can fill us in. And then you know, and then there's uh, you know, there's the Bravos fans from the '90s. Is this how the Bravos fans in the '90s felt, where it was just like, oh my god, every year, how can I get excited when I know I've, I've read this book before? I know what it what's coming. But don't isn't there also another facet of it too, where like we're really lucky because we do get in every year, and you guys have had this conversation since we got knocked out. But like, would you rather be in every year and maybe not make it, and that's just baseball too, or would you rather not get in and just struggle every year and try to? But at the same time, what we go through, we have more depth. Our injured list half the time is an all star list right there where other teams, they lose that star player, they are crippled for the rest of the season, and, and they're out. And we just move another player over. We bring another player up. Um, in the in, you know lesser cases, we have scandals. We've happened to have them the last two years in a row that also, like, you can't, you can't plan those things. You can't plan injuries. You can't plan bad things happening. That stuff happens, and it does take you out of the running. It's, that's what we love about baseball, though. It's all those moving parts, any team can make it. As we can see, we've got the fifth and sixth seed going to the the or the World Series right now. That's baseball. That's baseball. Um, I want to change topics real quick because we've been talking about this culture and do the Dodgers have a style? What is and of course, everybody was like, it, it, it points to Dave Roberts. Get Dave Roberts out of there. We need, we need a new manager. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on a couple of managers. Uh, first, I want to uh, – Dusty Baker recently uh, just announced that he's done. He He's retired. Um, what Dusty Baker did, he's an old-school dude. He came in there, and he, he kept things going for that Astros team when things could have gone left for them. Uh, so 
How do you guys, Reina, how do you look at Dusty Baker's managerial career? He ended up winning one World Series, but this is a guy who had taken his team to to different World Series appearances. I mean, he's had a really great career. Three pennants, three times as manager of the year. I'm not thrilled that, you know, he's retiring as an Astros manager, but that's just my own bias of the team. I mean, he's had a great career. Maybe we could learn a couple things from him and mix that into some of our, our managerial styles. Babyface, do you really think he's done? I think he's probably done as a manager, but they're saying he's he's open to helping a team in some type of role. And that's kind of where I thought, you know what? I'd love to see Dusty Baker back in the fold with the Dodgers as something where he comes back and he helps them. When it comes to playoff time, he's able there to talk to Dave Roberts and let him know, hey, kind of let's take this this approach. He's one of the guys I'd love to come see back in the Dodger uniform. And same thing for Mike Socha. If they could get Mike so I think those two those two dudes should have been Dodger managers sometimes some at some point in their career, right? Because mm-hmm. just, just just they were just so involved with the Dodgers. And if you can get, like I said, if you can get Dusty Baker, not as a manager, but if he's willing to help an organization, I think that's somebody you go and get and pick his brain for for something like the Dodgers aren't able to get over that hump. Maybe he can help him out. He can be that bad cop, that, that postseason co-manager. You don't take it away from Dave Roberts, at least next year, but bring somebody in to buffer a little bit. So what you guys are telling me is it, it sounds like Dave Roberts needs help in, in the postseason. And if I'm the president of baseball operations, if I'm the owner of the Dodgers, I don't know if I like hearing that. I don't know if I like hearing, well, why am I paying him if I if he needs help from someone else? Why so you got to make bring- it to the postseason first. He's clearly a great manager to get us there or whatever the twosome, the dynamic duo is in the front office to get him there. But we can't get over that hump. Something has to change. I, all I'm saying is, is why am I paying this guy when I can go ahead and pay well, someone it, else? It's not necessarily can't for, get me over the hem. It's not necessarily just for Roberts. It's it's as an organization. He's talking to Friedman. He's talking to all these guys. That something that they could implement that's going to help him. You know, it's it's a different voice. Somebody that's been around the game for so long and has won in the game. I mean, I think it's definitely an option. Like if you're considering all your sources, it's something you want to consider, right? It's something, okay, you know, I'll, I'll listen to that and see if it could help us. Uh, Simeon, you beat me to it. That's the other person I wanted to talk about, and that is Bob Melvin. So the the Padres gave permission for the Giants that he got this to speak to Bob Melvin, and now Bob Melvin was hired by the Gigantes. And the last time the Padres let a manager go to the Gigantes, it was Bruce Brochi, and that worked out really well for the Gigantes. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on Bob Melvin uh, going over to the Gigantes because I know friend of the carne asada, Heath Bell, was not happy at all to see that not only did the show pods allow him to be interviewed by the Gigantes, but that the Gigantes have already moved and, and made them the hire. Reina, what say you? My first thought was if he couldn't get the the team to gel in, in San Diego, what's he going to do in, in San Francisco? But, you know, hey, well, you know what? different city, different results. Who knows? But you bring up an interesting point because Farhan is an analytics guy, right? Like what makes you think that, hey, Farhan's going to let you manage old school 
uh you know the way so and how many championships does farhan have since he went over there (laughs) damn right now you're feisty tonight i'm just i'm just looking at the numbers i I think he has a couple of fantasy football titles i i will say that then i stand corrected my bad uh babyface what are your thoughts on melvin going to the he got this are you concerned that he's going to turn the he got this around after they sign shohei um, I haven't heard they are going to sign Shohei, but um, but yeah, I mean, it just makes you it makes you wonder how bad he wanted to get out of San Diego, right? I mean, because if you look at those if you, t- if you look at those two rosters, right? Who who do you think's the better job offer, right? If you had those both on your plate, like Padres or Giants, I think I think the Padres, like we said, they look pretty good, right? Yeah, but he couldn't get them to gel, right? I mean, it's whatever that is, he couldn't and in. For him, it, it seemed like it wasn't a situation where he was happy. And first chance he got, hey, I'll go back to the Bay Area where I like it there. I'm I'm comfortable there, and 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 he's moving on. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Padres too. I mean, they're talking the names that have been floating around: Mike Shield and Ryan Flattery or something like that, right? Flaherty. Yeah, it seems like Padre fans aren't too happy with those choices, but. You know, oh well. But isn't that a manager's job to lead in some cases? I mean, that's what I'll. I mean, Dave Roberts is great at that. He is a player's manager. It's literally his job to lead his team, and he's got a bunch of superstars. Granted, but like, you couldn't pull them together. Like, what are you going to do with another team? Like, to me, that's just that would be my biggest concern at that point. You know, Roy uh, Roy Estrada, you bring up a very interesting point. I mean, Bob Melvin is familiar to analytics because that's what the the, the Oakland A's were doing, right? <clears throat> so now you just got to wonder, like, what was going on in San Diego that was so different than what was happening in, in Oakland? I mean, you hear the rumors, the, the stories that there was just too much interference by Preller. Look, we we have we have them on the show every once in a while. Whenever the Dodgers play the Padres, the Ring the Bell guys, those guys can't stand Preller, right? They they want Preller run out of town. They view Preller as the problem down in in San Diego. Um, but I, I'm always curious as to how that happens. Like, does Bob Melvin put it out to the Higantes? Hey, I'd be interested in your job if you wanted to come out here. Like. How did that connection happen? Is this the agents sitting here talking to each other going, hey, we, we do you, Bob wants out. So if you guys want him, you know. And the other thing that I think really sucks is they um, they interviewed, uh, and I'm losing, I'm bl- uh, blanking on her name. Allison, Alyssa Nacken. Nacken, thank you very much, mm-hmm. Raina. Uh, they just interviewed her, and to me, She's the first woman to be interviewed for a manager position in Major League Baseball. And then you go and hire another team's man, Bob Melvin, just like a week later. I I mean, couldn't you at least have the decency to wait a little bit and fake it a little more? I I mean, that's what to me, and and I want to get your thoughts, Reina, because you're the one whose opinion matters here. Like how infuriating, because that's just a dog and show, dog and pony show, right? I was so mad when I found that out. I was I was stoked that she got the interview, but then it's it's just like the the Kim Ng thing in in Miami. She walked away from a job because they tried to put somebody over her and it's like, you know, we finally make headway in a sport and I'm I'm so tired of being excited of like, yes, we finally have a our first woman whatever, our first woman over here and then it's we shouldn't have to be saying that in 2023 still though, like 
it sh- w- women are just as capable of men of being in sports. There are some managers who have never played ball and they're in that position. And so for them to have interviewed her and then brought over the Padres manager right away, it was just like, so was it just for show? Were you just going through the motions just to make sure that you could do it? And it was super disappointing. I was really bummed that they did that. I have yet to see anybody write a think piece on that or take anyone to task uh, because I don't think that Gigantes looked uh, good there. Uh, Nando, it's not about being hi- hiring someone on gender. Uh, obviously, she's a coach. What this is about is she wasn't taken, in, in my opinion, I don't think she was taken seriously as a as a candidate for the job. It seemed like it was just, and, and this happens in the NFL when they end up hire, interviewing candidates of color just so they can check off a box. Like that person for the job should be hired, but it is prevalent in any sports industry that it takes women two, three times as long. Kim Ng, it took her 20 years. She even came through the Dodgers organization and it took her much longer interviewing for the same positions. And she did a great job over in, I think it was Miami and it just, it shouldn't take that long. It should be the best person for the job, but it should be equal footing. And unfortunately we don't have that not only in sports, but in many places in the world. And until that changes, it's, you know, we're, we're still going to hear first woman, this first woman, that. Right. And I, I don't think what you're saying is that she should have been hired based on gender. Uh, right. Reina. It's just, she should have been considered seriously. And it just doesn't feel like she was considered because she is, she's already coach on their staff. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's coming out of nowhere. Right. She's familiar with the team. She knows. I mean, babyface, did you do you think they were seriously considering her? I mean, it doesn't seem like it, right? Kind of like you said, just just hey, let's let's interview her just to interview her, right? And that's kind of just like you said, check off. Well, we'll check off the, but I mean I don't even know who they interviewed. Was it just her? And then they heard, hey, we could get Bob Melvin. But I think Bob Melvin was around, I think, since kind of like since they let go of Kapler, you started hearing those those rumblings of like, hey, Bob Melvin might be. That's why I'm curious as to how that works. Is it his agents talking? Like, how do those two get connected? And you're in the same division. Yeah, and that's why they were saying like, as soon as, as soon, it's kind of weird too, because like the, when the season ended, the Padres said they were keeping, they were keeping Melvin, right? Everything was kind of going to stay the same. And then, all of a sudden, this comes down the pipe a couple of weeks later. Like, it, it, and then once they granted permission for him to go speak to them, you knew he's not coming back to the Padres, right? You're not going to let him go interview with a with a division rival, and then you're not gonna you're not gonna be like, oh, okay, you know what? He doesn't want the job; he can stay here, right? You knew that wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, it's just weird. Like, I mean, they should have just at the end of the season kind of cut him loose or whatever, and then you know, it's it's just weird how it all went down. It's funny that everybody brings up like analytics and Moneyball and, oh, this started in Oakland. But I feel like everybody forgets whether you read the book, whether you watched the movie, it got them through the regular season, but they still didn't win the postseason. And I feel like baseball hasn't learned that lesson yet, that Moneyball has not solved for the postseason. So maybe everybody should keep that in mind once we get out of the regular season. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I want to segue to this because there was been there's been talk about the playoff format, changing the playoff format, because everybody's upset that you got 280 uh, win teams in in the World Series. And um, 
Matt Money Smith of uh, 570 uh, KLAC uh, came up with this. And I want to throw, if you guys are familiar with this, if not, I'll throw it out there. Matt is saying that they should go back to the one game playoff, the one game wild card. And then the new thing that I, I, I haven't heard from anyone else is that those top seeds should have like play all the games in their home field in a series. Uh, Reina, what do you think of Matt Money Smith's proposal? I like it. Um, I like the idea of going back to the one game wild card series. I think it puts more merit on, you know what, if, if you made it on a wild card, then you better be good enough to win it in that one game. Does it suck if, if it's win or go home? Yeah, but I think I would like to see that again. I do like his idea of every game being played at the higher seeds field. It's almost like in 2020 when we all had the the bubble stadiums where it was like you played all the games there no matter what anyway. And I feel like it would give credence to those teams who actually did do well during the regular season. There's no benefit. It feels like once the regular season is over, okay, great. You got the best record, but now it's just kind of a free for all between the, what is it? Eight teams. Like, good luck. I, I hope you win. And in the last two years, we've seen it. It hasn't really gone well with anybody except for the Astros and they got knocked out this year. I'd, I'd love to put this into, into effect. I mean, that definitely rewards those who win the division. Babyface, your thoughts on Matt Money Smith's proposal? Yeah, I, I think I kind of like it too. And then there was another thing too that he added is, say the wild, the one game wild card is on a Tuesday. You win that game, you're playing on Wednesday to start the next series. So it's like you got to travel in the middle of the night, get to wherever you're at. And you know, and he was saying, well, for, for those say that's not fair. Like win your division or whatever right get get that's that's your payoff right if you win in the division you got you know potentially five games at home and and you're only what you're only going to be down maybe like what uh monday Tuesday, like two days and then you start a new series so and if you're expanding the wild card like we've done then that at least doesn't penalize the teams that won the regular season i like it i think it's great will manfred take this seriously sorry <laughs> No, I mean, there's going to be, there'd be a lot of, you know, you know, teams saying, no, it's not fair. But like you said, I mean, I mean, it's the playoffs, right? I mean, I do like that one game wild card. I I, I liked the suspense of that. Um, I mean, if you're in it, obviously you don't like it, but it, I mean, it, it is, you know, one game, you got one shot to, to advance, you throw whatever you can, everybody you got, and then you go from there. The the problem that's going to run with uh, that that I think the big issue that's going to prevent this from becoming a reality is of course money. Um, and Michael Carrillo, you 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 keep bringing up the ratings, and I thought, well, if the ratings are bad, I mean, if you look at the World Series ratings, actually for the last three World Series, they've been getting lower. I mean, they're they're not very good. Um, so if this ends up being a poor rated World Series. I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe that'll perk up Manfred's uh, ears. But here's the problem that you're going to run about. It's the TV money, right? So right now, the way this is formatted, it's more games on TV, which means more money, right? If we go back to the one-game wildcard, while it adds the drama, it's less games on TV. It's less programming for TV, that's going to be a problem. The other problem that you're going to run into is you're going to have owners that say, 
wait a minute, I'm not going to have any postseason home games? That's where I make some of my money is being able to charge higher prices for you to come to the postseason. So play better. That, but no, but you're right, Reina. But who makes these decisions? It's but if you're right? but if yeah. you're dipping, you're not wrong. But if you're dipping down in World Series, can you ratings, say that again? Is, can you say that again for you're me? You're not wrong. Thank Actually, Juan, you're right. <laughs> However, if you are losing money in the seven games in the World Series that nobody's paying attention to, and potentially even the the Championship Series, then okay, so you forfeit a couple of, of viewing games or whatever at the wild card level. That's where you want to lose the money and gain it on the World Series side. So I guess we're starting an old-fashioned letter-writing campaign and maybe Manfred reads. I don't know. <laughs> like at this point, like where do you wanna where do you want to recoup your money? Do you want to have crappy money all the way through, or do you want to actually boost the ratings? Babyface. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if they're even gonna rework the playoff system or not. I mean, it's only been two years. It's probably going to go at least a couple years in this format, this type of system. So, but yeah, I, I think it would, you made a, a good point right there with the owners and not getting paid. You know, they want games at their stadium, right? Yeah. And, I mean, the only solution is, right, win that series, and then you get into the CS where you'll have games at home. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the problem is if this keeps happening – there's going to be fans and, and maybe Michael Carrillo is right. It's going to reflect in the ratings. If your biggest series of the year, which is the world series should be your biggest show and nobody's watching that. It's like all of a sudden, what if nobody wants the super bowl, right? If nobody wants the super bowl, then it's like, what are we doing this for? Right? I mean, the world series, that's, that's your big showcase at the end of the year. And if nobody's watching it, then, that it's going to be a problem. I, I'm very curious to see because now two years in this format, you've had two six seeds make the World Series. Now, this happens in football. You've seen six seeds go to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. And so I know it's very jarring, but I'm very curious to see as this progresses, if we keep seeing one seeds getting eliminated in the NLDS, then it's just like, what is the point? There is no advantage in winning your division, right? I mean, you're, you're losing. Um, before we wrap things up, I do want to add, uh, get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, there is a professional baseball league starting in Dubai. Uh, for those of you, uh, it is called Baseball United. It is the first professional baseball league in the Middle East and in Southeast Asia. There are four teams, and let me tell you, I love these teams' names. Uh, there are the Mumbai Cobras, the Karachi Monarchs, the Dubai Wolves, and the Abu Dhabi Falcons. I am curious if any of you guys are going to be watching this uh, this uh, Baseball United League. There's some former major leaguers that are that got drafted because they had a draft. So you have Didi Gregorius uh, and Robinson Cano are going to be playing for the Dubai Wolves. Uh, the Panda, Pablo Sandoval, is going to be playing for the Abu Dhabi Falcons. And uh, Bartolo Colon, who, uh, Big Sexy, who just retired, 
is actually, I guess, unretiring, so he can play for they're the bringing, They're bringing Big Sexy back, right? They're so bringing Big Sexy back <laughs> uh, to play at the for the Karachi uh, Monarchs. Uh, look, the the fact that this is, you know, guys that are past their prime. Some of the things that crack me up, though, is like, do you know who the GM is of the Mumbai Cobras? Barry Larkin. Their manager is Chris Sabo. So whoever owns the, the Mumbai Cobras must be a big fan of the Cincinnati Reds from the 1990s. There's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of legit guys involved with this. I mean, part of the executive, Mariano Rivera is on, on there. Adrian Beltre. He's the GM of the Karachi Monarchs. Yeah, with Felix, Miguel Felix, Felix Hernandez is a co-owner. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so you got to pick your team, though. Out of those four teams, which is your team? You got to pick it now, and you got to stick with them. Oh, I'm, I'm Mumbai Cobras. I, I'm going with Cobra the Mumbai guy? Cobras because, uh, you know, uh, I am a big Sylvester Stallone fan, and one of my favorite uh, the guilty pleasures is the major motion picture Cobra. Uh, so, um, and as Philip Lopez says, this does feel like maybe it's a dad league, uh, Roy Estrada, I think you hit it right on. It is ice cubes, uh, the big three, uh, or whatever that league is that it's called. Um, look, I, you guys are absolutely right. It is sad that we're talking about baseball in the middle East instead of the Dodgers in the world series, but that is our reality. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at the Dodgers. Because if the Dodgers were in the World Series right now, we would be, um, you know, talking about the Dodgers. Uh, Philip Lopez, I, I have che- yet to check out Tulsa King, but I just want to throw this out to Philip Lopez because he'll know uh, what this is a reference to. Second sucks. Uh, shouts out to Bull Hurley. Um, so, I, I, look, for me, the, the only thing that's important about this Baseball United is it's baseball being played in parts of the world that you normally don't see baseball. So we may end up seeing a superstar eventually down the line years from now, maybe come from that part of the world that we have never seen before. I I mean, Asian baseball has been around for a very, very long time. And now we're seeing a lot more people, Asian ball players coming into the major leagues on a consistent basis. Um, So, um nando we'll we'll save that we'll table that one for when it happens nando just put in the chat the rumor about juan soto getting traded and possibly to the yankees look guys i know that this is a dodgers podcast but our team shit the bed and isn't in the world series so we need things to talk about so we're just going to be talking a lot about baseball in general I, I do like that their mission statement is to inspire 1 billion new fans to fall in love with baseball. And the only reason is if we we know that baseball fandom is kind of dying, it needs a resuscitation. If we can get some people interested over there, maybe that grows the, just the love of the sport in general. Um, so they've got they've got a pretty interesting message. I'm definitely the Karachi Monarchs all the way because of the blue and I figure it's got a crown. So that works baby, out. Babyface, who are you going with? I think I'm going to go with the Wolf. Wolf Pack, baby. Oh, oh okay. I see Wolfpack what you did there. Life. I see what you did there. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, look, I feel like we're during the pandemic right now where we're just grasping at what sport, whatever we can 
Look, it's barely starting. I'm, no one is saying that this is going to be. Yes, you're absolutely right. The Arizona Rookie Winter League probably has better baseball than these guys are. It depends no, on how bad the withdrawals are in the offseason. It's something to put on in the background. Yeah, nobody is saying this is going to be elite baseball. With the news here, guys, let's not bury the lead, is baseball is being played in a part of the world where baseball wasn't played before. And I think that's where the possibility of growth for Major League Baseball is. It's internationally because in the States, you know, football is king. Then it's the NBA, you know. So if the baseball can grow internationally, that's that's where it's going to come from. Uh, Cobra Commander, by the way, I, 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 I am blessed by your presence, sir, for 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 joining us on the live Uh um, yeah, the 2028 Olympics, you know, we talked about it. We had Jessica Mendoza on the show. You know, baseball used to be a thing in the Olympics, and now depending on which country is hosting it, we don't know if baseball is going to be a part of it. And that's because a lot of those European countries, they don't care about baseball. So, again, this is another reason. And, yeah, Roy, you're probably right. It's about money. You always got to chase the money. That's why you got to sit there. Everybody wants changes to the playoff format. Well, money-wise, if it makes sense, it'll change. If it doesn't make sense, if you're going to lose money, no one's going to make a change if you're going to lose money. Uh, look, And also, we, we let's turn it back to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to be in Korea next year. You know, they're going to be playing the show pods. So uh, we got to find a way to, to get to Korea. Maybe we can climb into somebody's suitcase and uh and make a uh we're totally going to be fish out of water there uh that would be comfortable <laughs> uh reina any last thoughts before we end the show mm, nothing comes to mind where i mean i i just spent all of my postseason money on a stack of books so i can get caught up before the off season is over that's where that's where my stuff is there we go i'm mourning, I'm mourning. <laughs> So La Reina is in full reading Rambo mode, so we know what she'll be doing in the offseason. Babyface, any last words? Let's get the offseason going, right? I think uh, next week, uh, next live, what, World Series over yet? Next Wednesday? Thursday? Are you, are you going to go to the Serpientes Parade? Will you go to the Serpientes Parade? No, I can't get to Texas by next week. I don't think, <laughs> yeah, I think the Rangers are going to win. All right. Oh, look at that! Hey, wait, Roy Estrada can get us a ride to to Korea so we can uh, we can go watch the Dodgers. Anyways, I want to thank all of you guys on the live for joining us. And I again, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We want to get rid of this uh, Mariachi Joe bobblehead. Get us, help us get to a thousand, so we can go ahead and and yes, give it away. Um, it's not the one he's actually holding in his hand. We have it in a box. We're not gonna, we're not gonna give you the the one from the swamp meat. All right. So, whoa, help, help us spread the word. May have everybody sign, like, subscribe to the podcast and to our YouTube channel, Babyface. Wait, before we end it, hold on. So what? So Babyface is going Rangers. You're going Serpientes. Yes. All right. I'm I'm Serpientes. So. All right. Another reason you may want the Rangers to win, if you want Clayton Kershaw to come back, maybe he won't want to go to a World Series champion. Maybe he'd rather stick it in LA. 
All right, we're going to leave on that cliffhanger. Next week, more <laughs> Kershaw talk in terms of where he's going to go because, again, we have nothing to talk about because the Dodgers shit the bed and they're not playing right now. So, anyways, yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramírez, de parte de mis colegas, la reina de Playa Larga and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.